Chapter 16 Falling! Demorph! I screamed at myself. Even as I was falling, I was demorphing. If I was going to die, I'd die an andalite, not some disgusting cannibalistic worm. Whoomph! I hit the ground. I hit it hard. The sides of my taxon body burst open from the impact. And in a flash, the other taxons were on me. Demorph! But I couldn't possibly morph quickly enough. Red taxon mouths drew back and rose up high, plunging straight down into my shattered flesh. The pain of the fall had been dulled by sheer shock. But this pain? This pain I felt. I have never known anything so terrible. In my darkest nightmare, I've never even imagined. Ah! I screamed. But just as loudly, I screamed, Demorph! It was a race. A race to see whether I would die before I could demorph. Again and again they ripped at me. But now my taxon flesh was shrinking away from them. It was changing, becoming some strange new meat. It would all depend on how the morph happened. If my head emerged too soon, the taxons would simply rip it off. I didn't need my head. I didn't even need my legs. I needed my tail. If any Andalite in all of history needed his tail, I needed mine. Right now! Ah! The pain was unbearable. I was delirious, unable even to think, to focus, to keep track of what was happening to me. It wasn't going to work. I had been wrong to hope, wrong to imagine I could survive. But then I felt some distant part of me move, and I sensed a shudder pass through the ravenous taxons. With what was left of my taxon eyes, I saw it appear, all the way back at the end of my taxon body. A bright blade! My tail! I slashed! Missed! But it made the taxons back away, and while they were reconsidering, my legs grew long and strong. The last of my bleeding worm body shrank and hardened. I heard bones growing inside me. And then I could see. I could see again. The taxons came at me again, rushing at me, bold with hunger. But now the situation had changed. Oh yes, the situation had definitely changed. I aimed, I slashed, I aimed, I slashed, I aimed, I slashed. Come on, you filthy worms! Come on! And suddenly, even the taxons had decided they didn't want to eat me. Instead, the taxons I had cut were set upon by the rest. Through my stalk eyes, I saw the subvisor and his Horkbajir soldiers looking down and laughing. The cold voice of the subvisor said, Kill him. Shoot the Andalite scum. The Horkbajir soldiers raised their weapons and sighted on me. Dracon beams singed the air above me and melted the dirt at my feet. I couldn't outrun them. I had to hide. But hide where? Oh, I dove back into the taxon feeding frenzy. Their sluggish, sloppy bodies pressed in all around me. It was sickening, but it gave me cover. Go in after him, the subvisor ordered. Cut him to pieces. Six huge Horkbajir leaped down from the train track. There was no way I could defeat six Horkbajir warriors. I was exhausted, on the edge of collapse. But there was one last desperate hope. The Coffet Bird. Once you do a morph, the DNA stays with you. Once you've morphed a creature, you can morph it again. And I needed wings as much as I'd needed my tail. I squirmed between the huge worms, keeping away from their mouths. Not that they wanted to fight an Andalite right then. 
and as I felt the taxon flesh pressing in around me, smothering me, but at the same time hiding me from the hork I morphed again. I shrank. I grew smaller and smaller. Back, you taxon, Hogrengalach! The hork yelled in a mix of Gallard and the hork language. The taxons began to pull away, driven back by slashing hork wrists and elbows. I was in the open. A hork was standing over me. He was looking right down at me. Had I finished morphing? No time to worry. I would either fly or die. I opened what I hoped were my six pairs of coffet wings. I spread them wide. I flapped hard. And I flew. Up off the ground. Up from the dirt. I flew. I flew inches above the hork I flew over the subvisor, who was now screaming in rage at his soldiers. Shoot it! Shoot it! But the taxons may be hit, one of the hork protested. I really don't care. Shoot! Kill it! Shoot! But it was too late. I was in the air. I raced as fast as my wings would take me, back down the stinking tunnel toward daylight. I saw the brown-gray light ahead, and I flew toward it as if my life depended on it. I exploded from the tunnel into the open, with the outraged cries of the subvisor ringing in my ears. I made it! I cried to no one but myself. I made it! I'm alive! I flew at the coffet bird's top speed back toward the spaceport. Somewhere back there were Aloran and Arbron. Somewhere back there, the time matrix still waited to be discovered. There was still a mission and the hope of returning safe and alive to the Jahar. And there was life. Life! Life never feels so sweet as when you've come right up against death. Then I saw it. It was descending the last few feet into a large ship cradle. It was unlike any other craft at the spaceport, unlike anything any Yerk had ever designed or built. The Jahar! The Jahar was landing! It was impossible! There was no one aboard the Jahar but the two humans! How could it be landing? Why was it landing? I soared as high as I could and saw that Yerks in all shapes and sizes were rushing to meet the amazing ship. They clustered around, many with weapons drawn. Looking back, I saw a maglev train come tearing at top speed from the Taxon Mound. I knew in my heart that Subvisor 7 was on that train. It took several minutes for the docking clamps to be fitted to the alien craft, and more minutes while the Yerks trained every weapon they had on the one small ship. The maglev train arrived, slamming carelessly into two slow-moving geds. Out stepped Subvisor 7. He had only four of his original six hork with him. I guess the other two had paid the ultimate price for failing their commander. The hatch of the Jahar opened. It opened, and out stepped a creature no Yerk had ever seen before. It walked on only two legs. It held up its hands and said, Hey, hey, relax. You can put down the weapons. I'm not here to fight. I'm here to trade. Chapman! He realized that the Yerks did not understand him. So, with his hands, he pretended to be handing them something, then receiving something from them. Subvisor Seven strutted to meet the alien. He laughed cynically. It wants to trade, he said. This strange creature wants to trade. So, what do you have to trade, alien? Neither Subvisor Seven nor Chapman had understood a word the other had said. And yet... 
they understood each other perfectly. Chapman kept his hands raised and made a human smile. Then, very slowly, he stepped back into the shadowed interior of the ship. And when he reappeared, he was shoving someone before him. It was Lorne. She was bound with wire. Chapman pushed her viciously. She fell to the ground before Subvisor 7. That's what I have to trade, Chapman said. A whole planet full of that. <laughs>